0: Welcome to the Vertical Plus podcast. On this podcast, we give you all the ins and outs and behind the scenes of Vertical Church. We wanted to give you an opportunity to hear this past Sunday's teaching. If you've already heard it, you can skip straight to the discussion. See you on the other side.
1: It's good to be back with you, Vertical Church, even if it is digitally. I'll have to tell you one of the most concerning parts about our new normal over and above the financial uncertainty has not been able to be around the people that I love so much. And I have to say, as your lead pastor, I include all of you, each of you that have invited us into your home this weekend in that number. It's been difficult to not be with you, but I'm hopeful that today the experience that we're going to have will ease that just a bit. I can tell you as your lead pastor that God has already begun to use COVID-19 in my life in some pretty spectacular ways. The one I'd like to mention at the start of this is that God has used it to pull me further into relationship with him. And I'd like to acknowledge it's a way that I'm paying attention to God that I probably would not have if my patterns had not been interrupted. I'm thankful that God has been active in my story. I'm hopeful that he's been active in your story as well. But before we too quickly move to the solution, I'd like to spend some time defining the problem that we're in today. We're all disoriented. And something that happens when people become disoriented is they begin to look for equilibrium. Through this teaching today, we're going to discuss how dangerous that can be if we find equilibrium in the unhealthy or incorrect ways. I hope that it's comforting for you to know that all of us, even though we can't be together, are struggling with the same thing. I want you to know that you're not alone, that each of us are trying to figure out emotionally how to navigate each day. That's a big comfort for me to know that you're in the same place that I'm in and even bigger comfort is that God knows exactly that place. I'd like to share with you today a pattern that we've been forced to participate in that's troubled people since the beginning. As soon as I reference this pattern, you'll actually understand it intuitively because of the way that your life has gone. It's my hope that as you hear it, some things in your current reality will dial in with a little bit more clarity. Not only that, but maybe some things in your story in your past will also become more clear. Here's the pattern new plus difficult equals dangerous. New plus difficult equals dangerous. Now, let me explain that, break it down just for a minute here. These two elements in isolation aren't really that troubling. If something is new and exciting and easy, then it can actually become addictive. Our stories actually tell us this very readily. If something is new and easy and exciting, then actually we can become addicted to it because it's a source of comfort. If something is difficult in a way that we've prepared for, when we meet that difficulty, often many of us just double down to find the solution. That's not what we're in today. What we're in today is finding ourselves in a new and difficult situation, and that can disorient us. It can be very dangerous for us. One way that I'd like to highlight right now in this teaching is that it leads us to a pattern of self-reliance and many of us know that's a dead-end road. So we're gonna do some things together today to help us fight against that self-reliance. I believe now more than ever, we actually need God. I wanna share with you as a backdrop that God has done some things in my story to comfort me over the past few days. I would love to pass that comfort along to you. We're gonna do that not based on a principle, but based on a person. I have seen, in a troubling way, so many communities of faith begin to throw out principles in the hopes that those principles will be life-giving. What I believe is that we shouldn't focus on principles, but rather on a person, and that person is God. God has given throughout the Bible so many different names. Why so many names? Why so many titles? Because the character of God is so large and so diverse. Today, very quickly, we're gonna discuss two titles of God that have been so important in my story over these past few days. And I think once you hear them, they will become important for you as well. The first is given to God by a woman who finds herself in dire circumstances. The backstory is actually significant here. She was a slave or a servant in someone's home. She found herself through an exchange in a very difficult situation and her home life became dangerous and intense. We don't have time to go into the entire story, but the resulting factor was that she had to leave that home and she went on the run. An important detail here is that through this exchange, this woman became pregnant. She finds herself in her fleeing, getting to the end of her rope, the end of her grit, the end of her determination. And the Bible describes it so clearly that she sits down to take a break, simply exhausted. And it's at this time that God actually shows up. Don't miss that vertical family. The timing of God is impeccable. And when he shows up, he does good work. God says to this woman, Hagar is her name. He says to her, I see what's going on in your story. And I want to remind you and convince you that you will survive this. Not only you, but your unborn child will survive this. As an additional promise, God tells her that your child will have children and those children will have children and I will multiply your legacy beyond your imagination. Hagar, this woman in Genesis chapter 16, gives us the only time where this title shows up for God, the name that she gives him, the God who sees me. She says out of her own mouth, I have now seen the one who sees me. Maybe you're wondering during these days, as you're isolated, as you're separated from some of your most important relationships in new ways, maybe as you're looking at your checkbook and the anxiety starts to move into your own story, maybe you're asking questions, who sees me? Who has the power to do anything about this? In those times of desperation, God shows up and reminds us that he sees us. Allow me to convince you today that God's timing is impeccable, especially when we are alone, and we are afraid. So if you find yourself in that place today, please be encouraged that God is not unaware of your situation. He is in fact by title a God who sees you. The second title given to God I'd like to focus on today was actually given to him by a man named Abraham. We don't have time for that backstory either, but I do want to tell you that this name was given to God by Abraham during a time of trial, one of the most difficult trials described in the Bible. But I believe this title for God is best explained for us today through a story that Jesus told in Luke chapter 11. I'd like to read that story for you today. Again, the words of Jesus. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight, wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom don't bother me. That would be exactly my response. Don't bother me. The door is locked for the night and my family and I are all in bed. I can't help you. But I tell you this, Jesus says, though he won't do it for friendship's sake. If you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your key phrase here, shameless persistence. And so I tell you, Jesus says, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open for you. For everyone who asks, what a huge promise of Jesus. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. One huge point out of this story of Jesus, I want to point out to you that in asking God, we achieve intimacy with God. Regardless of the results, when we ask God for the things that we need, it creates a dependence on God, fighting that self-reliance that leads to intimacy. Now, how does God provide for us? How does God show up and give the bread? Two ways that I want to talk about briefly today. God provides in so many more ways than this, but these are two that I want you to think about as we pace through this next unpredictable week. The first way that God often provides is supernaturally. If you are to talk to someone who is following God long enough, long enough, you will hear a story from them about God's supernatural provision. What do I mean by that? You will hear a story where they will say that the only way that something worked out is because the activity and the power of God It's less talked about and even less believed, but I wanna tell you today that that hasn't stopped God. God is still supernaturally providing for his kids. The second way, and maybe most importantly for us today to talk about is communally. It happens for all of us when we get in dire circumstances like Hagar or this man at midnight. We look for relief from our fellow man. I wanna give you a challenge if you're a Jesus follower watching this teaching. I wanna challenge you to seize the moment to take the opportunity to give your neighbor some bread. If friendship won't motivate you, then maybe having the opportunity to talk with that friend about the God who provides. This is the name that Abraham gives God, and it's the name that Jesus had on his mind in telling the story in Luke chapter 11. God is the God who sees us, and God is the God who provides either supernaturally or communally. He is the God who sees us, and he is the God Who provides? Why would it be important for us to talk about these two names today? What does this matter anyway for life after this teaching is over? This is the type of question that here in the vertical community we love to ask. And I'm going to take just the next few moments in this teaching for us to answer it together. There's no better way to answer it than in Psalm chapter 9. Let me read that for you. Those who know your name trust in you, O Lord, and you do not abandon those who search for you. This is a verse of strong promises. I want to quickly break it down into the way that it's given to us in two sections. The first big point here is that the more you know God, the more you trust God. And this has been true in my own story. It's true of all good things, really. The more that you know a good thing, the more you trust good things. I'm trying to convince you today, no matter where you find yourself, that God is a good thing. Maybe you're not in that place. Maybe you don't know God and you can't trust God let me stretch you in your belief just a little bit and give you a hint as to the goodness of God i have now a new mental picture with which to view this verse i'm about to read in a moment as we scan a map daily some of us hourly to figure out how something is traveling across the world have that picture in your mind as i read this verse for you he loves whatever is just and good psalm 33:5 reminds us the unfailing love Some translations say goodness of the Lord fills the earth. Here's the best way to say this. The earth is too small of a container to hold the goodness of God. If this is true, and I believe that it is, then surely there's enough goodness of God for what you need today. Secondly, this verse reminds us that it's not in God's character to abandon his kids. A difficult truth for many of us to believe because of our own stories. I want to convince you today that the more difficult my life gets, the closer I feel God's presence. A huge sentence here that you may want to jot down to think about later. The presence of difficulty in our stories does not mean the absence of God. Quite the opposite is true. The more that life presses on me, the more I feel the presence of God in my life. I know He's the God who sees me, and I know He's the God who provides, and I can trust Him because I know Him. The question I have for you today is Do you? You've been given two new names with which to understand God today, two new ways to understand the God that wants to provide for you. Just as a last piece of incentive, what I'd like to tell you today is that there is something, there's something in it for you in knowing God. This would be the point where most of you would expect me to talk about heaven or eternity or how all things are gonna work out in the end. But the needs of the moment feel so much more immediate than that. So to highlight that, I'd like to tell you the, most, uh, the largest benefit I have from my relationship with God is peace, peace. I couldn't say it any better than the Bible in Isaiah 26, verse three. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed or fixed on you because he trusts you. Last point of accountability here I'd like to share with the Vertical Family is that some of us have a peace problem today because we had a trust problem yesterday. God is trustworthy and maybe today is the day that you can convince yourself through these two new names that you can trust God in new ways. So closing today, I'd like to do this for us. I'd like to pray using these two names of God. I'm gonna do this for a very particular reason. I think it will help you to hear God addressed in a prayer by who he is. Two main benefits of praying to God this way. The first is reverence. All that means is respect when it's directed towards God. The second is to remember. Reverence and remembering. When we pray to God based on his titles, who he is, his power, and his ability. I'd like to pray for us together today, wrapping up our time in this service so that you can hear exactly who God is and exactly who God desires to be in your story. Let's pray together. God, there's simply no way for me to express the range of emotions that I'm feeling, that our community is feeling. God, I know that you are not unaware, but at times, days, moments, I'm unaware of you. And so today, God, I pray to you as who you are, as your character. I believe with Genesis 16 that you are a God who sees me. You are a God who sees the community. You are a God who sees the needs of the world and your timing is impeccable. And so we ask God that you would sustain us until you provide for us supernaturally or through the community. For those in our community and in our world who are desperate and hurting, I ask God that you would show up for them, belief in you or not, that you would interrupt their stories supernaturally to communicate to them exactly who you are. And for those of us in this community that do know you, that know the forgiveness and peace offered by your son, Jesus Christ, that we would activate and be the community for those around us. Give us the ability, God, to answer the door, to meet the needs of our neighbors, to offer them bread. And until we get back together again through this format, God, would you sustain us? We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.
0: I told myself I was going to start more low key. I hate it already. Hey, well, I'm a bit pie well, I hate that. Day. That's how it goes. That was too loud.
2: <laughs> I'm about to leave the room.
0: Wait, which one am I on? This one. S- somewhere someone
1: just flew off their treadmill. like Maybe it was Tim. <laughs> no, nah, Tim's not on a treadmill. Tim's not on a treadmill. Look, little known fact about this uh, guy, Tim, that we know, but maybe nobody else does. Mm. This you guy can't can miss can re- him. I will say that. For a man of his size, uh he his run. heart is so small. I can see oh.
0: Tim as having what? like light feet, you
3: know, he being very nimble. Run.
1: Oh yeah, he
0: was a lineman. He had to have been a guard or something.
1: Yeah, I know uh, no, ta- I think he was a tackle. Even yeah. better. That stands out. Yeah. We should talk more about Tim for an hour. Who's Tim? Who's Tim? Who's Tim? Define hey. Tim. Tiny Tim. <laughs> Uncle Scrooge, it's Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas Moving quick. Oh my god. <laughs> Tim,
0: you sent us a whole thing that we we're talking about last night
1: while we were uh totally asleep already.
0: Maybe so what this are we is something about? we should
1: talk about. Is anyone else having trouble sleeping? Yes, uh, a little bit. I don't know what's I'm going not on, man. I'm a guy that can sleep anywhere at any time, and I feel like I'm sleepy all day. And then nighttime hits, and I'm like, Bing! Let's do this, 100 percent. wide awake. So yeah, yeah. The truth is, Austin asked me to send that out at I don't know 3 p.m. I was like, Yeah, I'll do he that sure now. Did. As soon as I saw we hang light. up, yeah. As soon as we hang up, I'll do that. I, I feel said, like I, I need also asked for it. Yeah, and you're probably. like I'm working on it. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Definitely. This is my new phrase uh, during the Rona. Uh, I say it all the time, and I rarely ever mean it. All right, I'm going to do that right now because I'm trying to convince myself. I, I knew
3: when when I asked for it at three that you were not going to send it either. I was like, "Hey Ben, can we get an agenda?" You're like, "Oh yeah, yeah,
2: <laughs>
3: absolutely. For I sure. can do that."
1: <laughs> and
2: you know, that's why would
1: you even question me? <laughs> I mean, it's done already. So, so what are we talking about? I don't know. Well, Ben we, wrote it. We had a standalone this week, so yeah. Yeah. You know what's been really frustrating? Can I just vent for a second? Please. That I Thank haven't you. been Austin here with himself. you all. Yes, oh, I yeah. know that's what it is. By the way, I can just like the euphoria of being with people at a healthy distance is amazing right now. Uh, I hope people listening have been able to experience this. In fact, if you haven't, go out, pause this, go outside on your driveway and wave at a neighbor. It's amazing. Yep. Here's what I really want to talk about. The fact that our teaching on the weekend, I put a restriction on both of us. You and I, Austin, Austin meets the restriction of 10 minutes. I blow past that and go like 15. Yeah, but, I was screaming at my television. <laughs> still, though, it's so hard to communicate ideas, spiritual ideas, succinctly like that. So there's so much left on the, left on the table this week. I disagree. We, Jesus loves you.
2: <laughs> That's it. Period. Well,
3: the best part of it is people are like, why is the teaching so short? We're like, we don't want this either. Yeah, we yeah, promise. Right.
0: It's not for you.
1: Yeah, yeah. So... uh <laughs>
0: Oh gosh!
3: That's why we have a podcast. Go see Vertical Plus Podcast.
1: That's right. Yeah. Go so see he, it. Yeah. So here we are. So this week that we works. talked about uh, the names of God and two names of God, actually. And I recommend it on Facebook. Some people were kicking up some conversation. There's a book by Ann Spangler who goes through a lot of the names of God. What uh, a name. Really, really cool writer. But anyway, so we talked about uh, God being the God who sees us, God being a provider, um, and I don't want to say that it feels inauthentic. I was really trying to be encouraging, but people are in such a mess right now, myself included. It feels like if you just, oh, hey, here's God's name. Everybody calm down. Like, I don't (laughs) know. I struggle with that a little (laughs) bit, you know? So it would be good if we could kind of bat around, bat that around, maybe take devil's advocate for a few minutes. We should introduce our guest. First, yes, though. That's right. Oh, yeah, we didn't, we, yeah, you are a guest. Look at this. Yeah, I think I said. Until guess, you're, uh, until you're on here a second time. We haven't
3: seen you for a month, so you're really a guest. That's right. Thank you. Thank you for the Lysol
2: wipes uh, and the distance. Mm-hmm. In, in, the,
1: uh, in the agenda, I labeled you a special guest. We sure didn't. We haven't said her name yet.
2: Can, can I have a really cool title? Reshma. Oh my Arishma. God. Reshma. Never, ever again. Never again. I'm so sad about that. You
1: know what's so funny to me? Nobody knows this, but I just like one of my pastimes here at Vertical is listening to people botch Reshma's name.
2: One Which of my favorite one, definitely pastimes. the last my whole name. life is that
1: <laughs> the first time that I tried to introduce
3: Reshma on stage, I realized I didn't know how to pronounce her last name, and it was incredibly how awkward. How did you
2: say it? I need to know right now. I think
3: I said like Banger. <laughs> I think. Oh, I'm,
2: you're like all the I can't high believe you don't remember I it, have. but I said Thank
3: it you. and looked
1: at everybody's faces and knew that I had done it wrong. So yeah. I like just saying Reshma and watching people like scan the crowd and they go, Oh, oh that's her. Well, but personal. then they hear her talk and they're like, Oh, she's from Laurel. Oh, no, she's not so actually southern. exotic. <laughs> yeah,
2: here we are. She's <laughs> she's so exotic
1: till I hear her say Dairy Queen.
2: Right. Very funny. I don't say Dairy Queen. I say Baskin Robbins. Thank
1: you. Hey, little known fact. Also, uh, Reshma spent here's some irony. A lot of her adolescence working at a Mexican restaurant.
2: Why is this even well, about that, to be a topic? That is even more
1: confusing, though. <laughs> yeah, it's. Well,
2: like... everybody that came through the door spoke Spanish to me. Yeah. And my four years of Spanish class did not pay off. Yeah, I will you say took that. four
0: years of Spanish four. and couldn't have a conversation.
2: <laughs> I was a Spanish club president. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, hola, that uh, just goes goes to show Dana you how far Knight, it looks will take you. Sorry, if you're listening
2: to this, you were an amazing teacher. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Apparently not.
3: Yeah. Four years, he
1: elected you as
3: president. Oh well.
1: well. <laughs> Uh, so this is, we're going to, we're actually getting ahead to ask me, ask us anything. Oh yeah. Sorry. So we should probably stop and talk about what we talked about. Yeah. You said you wanted us to bat around something or another? Yeah. So the, the two names of God that we talked about incredibly applicable to to where we are. God is the God who sees me. Mm -hmm. God is the provider, a provider, the provider, provider, uh, they're, they match where we are, but if we don't have a time to argue about them. They just feel very whatever church, whatever town, let me just throw something out there biblical that maybe will help people. Yeah. And there's so much more to it than that, really. Yeah.
0: I think the uh in Southern culture, I think the God sees us one is the most underutilized. Like I hear I think we hear a lot of like the the prosperity stuff, you know, the provider and stuff like that. Like I think that's very forward in uh in our culture. But I, th- I think people, it depends on how you understand what you mean by the God who sees us, you know? Like, does that just mean he sees me when I'm doing whatever with whoever orders, or my understanding it is like, he sees me for who I am, you know? He sees past the crap and stuff like that. I think it could be taken two different ways, and maybe both are equally right, I don't know. It I think
2: on- I agree with that as far as like the Southern culture too, because a lot of times people think that God only sees those who are doing big things. And I wish I could throw my quote hands up, but I can't because nobody can see that. Mm, But just like when he's working so evidently in people's lives, I know that's hard to make me relatable to people sometimes. And that's something that I've struggled with. Just trying to like say, I am normal. I am crazy. There's things happening in my life every day that I wish you guys could see. But God still sees past that, like you were saying. And he still continues to use me. So it's just pushing past those barriers for people knowing that like in this time right now, It may not be a big miracle that's happening, but they're happening all around us. Well,
0: plus people also do the flip side. They take it super negative that, like, God is the shamer, you know? That's what they understand sees sees us as. He's like, he's seeing me do all these things, you know? And, like, how could I ever have a relationship with someone who's seen me do all that stuff, you know?
3: Oh, for sure. I guess I think about it more um, from the standpoint of he sees me. Like, he is aware of what's going on. And so you know, for right now, maybe we're talking about it in terms of a pandemic, but also it's just <laughs> when you're struggling, you know, whenever whenever things are going on, whenever bad stuff is happening, it's like you're you're not in this alone. You're not isolated. You aren't lifting up prayers and they're only hitting the ceiling and bouncing back. Right. He he is aware. He knows what's going on. I maybe that's what I took from I mean you're in of
0: seminary war. so it kinda it makes right. sense. Automatically Cemetery? your
1: opinion matters uh, yeah. more. <laughs> Or less, depending on on who's listening. Definitely less. Yeah. Yeah, there's two different shades of it for me. The one is he sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been good or bad. Santa? So be good for goodness sake. You know, that's programmed into us as very young children. And a lot of people take that construct to God. It's like he's watching me so that he can judge me and punish me forever. The other side of it, I think, that comes to mind for me is when you're involved with some sort of struggle— and mentally you feel like you're all alone. We do this in culture Mm -hmm. today. Somebody across the room will be like, hey, I see you. Like, I see you fighting that. I see you struggling. Like, I'm with you in this, even though it feels like I'm not in you with this. Uh, uh, Not in this with you, sorry. Uh, That's something that we're going to be talking about in a series coming up here pretty shortly. But yeah, the fact that God sees us really attacks our negative views of God.
3: Yeah, I think also too... um this is something that we we don't see a lot because there is a tendency to gloss over some Old Testament ideas just because they are hard, right? It's, it's a harder thing to decipher when you're looking at it. But one thing that we see in the Old Testament a lot is these names being used in combination. So you'll see that name in combination with Jehovah, which means that he's a reactional God, right? And so not only does God see us, but he's reacting to what's going on in our life. You know, you're not doing this alone because he sees you and— he is a stake in what's going on, right? Does that make sense? One
1: hundred percent. I mean, if you let's talk about, can I talk about the story of Hagar for just a second, please? Yes. So uh, the exchange that I talked about on the video that we didn't have time for, the exchange was this: is that a husband and wife cannot produce an heir, mm-hmm. so she's pulled in as a servant to sleep with the husband right. and produce an heir which in this culture, as craziest as this is to say, in this culture was common practice. Like this was so important that an heir would be produced. Right. So that part of it wasn't necessarily that odd. It's extremely odd for us. If you dig into the story, the way that Hagar began to react after she became pregnant got her in a lot of trouble. So she kind of <laughs> called out a lot of this stuff from the wife uh, in this scenario. And even in the story, it says Hagar is starting to act, basically if you read it uh, succinctly, she's starting to act very arrogant because she could get pregnant. So the story gets pretty complicated. And then uh, the man in the situation says, hey, do with her as you please, which there's a huge... I mean, I could talk about that for weeks. But then Hagar is on the run. So it's a really, really complex story in that as she's sitting there in the desert, she's probably wondering, wait a minute, whose fault is this? Mm -hmm. Did I call this out on myself? Or this is a weird system anyway, and all these emotions happened to me when I slept with this man and I became pregnant and now I'm you know, and who cares? Like all this stuff went sideways. Now I've had to leave everything I've really ever known as an adult and I'm all by myself. And then bam, that's when God shows up. What I love from the vertical perspective is we tend to say where we are. And a lot of Christians across the world, if you are, if you're living a good life, if you have a clean life, if all of your life stacks up in this order of discipline then God's going to see you and he's going to reward you. The story of Hagar just punches that in the face. That's not how it goes. Hagar um, is the exact opposite, basically, of that and finds herself wondering who cares. And then that's when God shows up and says, I care. Not only do I care, but you're going to play a role to have uh, children that have children that have children that this is really important what you're doing right now. I think that's a huge message of comfort when you take the backstory into account. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I had a lot of people telling me how timely this uh, this talk was. Uh, I got the same for them. thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. which yeah. was awesome because like you, I mean, you wrote it pretty quick. Well, and given behind, the, given the situation we were in, right, right. behind yeah. the scenes,
3: we weren't even going to do it. It was a it was a series that we had pitched back in the fall, and we had this kind of space in between week, a standalone week. And we were going somewhere else. I, I, I feel like Ben and I in teaching meeting, were talking about going somewhere yeah, else. Yeah, autopilot. And we, right. And we had come no, back Not across. that y'all were
0: in autopilot. There was a series <laughs> called autopilot. Yeah, yeah, there we were. Yeah. Which could there,
1: could there be anything less applicable
3: right. than autopilot? <laughs> autopilot, right <laughs> autopilot right now? None of us <laughs> are in autopilot right now. We're all in a dip. None of us are in autopilot.
1: That's right. Yeah. Um,
3: but we came across Names of God and we were like, oh, wow. It was kind of a God moment in that we kind of halfway wrote this not expecting to use it, maybe, and it ended up being super
0: pertinent. I
1: was just thankful that the graphic was able
0: to come back because how you'd be Lord so of the Rings that. it is. Chase's it's so cool <laughs> graphic of the whole.
1: So let me ask a personal question to each of you: When you hear "God is a God who sees me," what does that do for you emotionally?
3: At Rushma, oh, <laughs> <Everybody Is> that
2: <laughs> my handle at Rushma. Yeah, yeah. Um. For me, I know this time, and I shared this with the staff this past week, just like being isolated, having to find community within Zoom calls or FaceTime or whatever. It's just not the same. And as much as I'm not a hugger, everybody beware because it's about to happen as soon as we get back in the building. Um, (laughs) I just like long for that. And then just knowing like in this time, it sounds so weird, but knowing that a God that sees me is just the same as me having friends that see me, hear me, know me, know that I'm struggling, can't physically be there for me, but are checking in and are playing that Jesus-like role really for me just with FaceTime calls or text messages or whatever that is. And just knowing that like that relationship is still there, it's still real, it's still raw. And that's the same thing as I feel with God in this moment because I don't physically have him. He isn't physically there with me, but knowing that like waking up, Everything really will be okay because he has brought me out of the wilderness, as we can say, and he has brought me out of a lot of things. And in those times I felt so alone and so isolated, even more so then as I do now. Right now I actually feel pretty connected with people, um, and that's just because of the eagerness and wanting and willing to like be together, not physically, but just face-to-face on technology. Thank God for technology. Mm, but just yeah. making that comparison to knowing that, when I wake up, I can't physically see Jesus, but I can see him and my friends reaching out. I can see him in the community around me. It's so beautiful walking outside and seeing families walking their dogs together or playing games and all, like, it's so refreshing, honestly. So I've kind of made a 360 since last week, just trying to see like the best in it all, mm. if that makes sense, because I know that he sees me and he's putting people in my life. He's already put people, as we say in our square squad, to just truly build each other up. And so... I think I'm taking away from this is that you don't physically have to have them there to have that relationship. You don't physically have to have them there to know that you're seen, that you're loved and that you're cared for.
1: Mm -hmm. Beautiful perspective. Top that.
2: Yeah. At Austin. Good luck. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
3: God who sees me. I I think of it twofold and I was kind of writing it out whenever I was going through teaching last week and kind of listening uh, to it. I think one Uh, Again, God understands our predicament, and so that means that not necessarily that I'm always justified in my emotions, but I think that He understands it. And so when I'm frustrated with a situation, when I'm even frustrated with God, I don't think He's surprised by that. In fact, I think that sometimes— Sometimes he even pulls that out. You know, we talked about that through the whole series of Job, you know, in that, you know, God sees me, and so he knows where I'm at, and he's not surprised when I'm angry at him and have questions like, why are you doing this right now? This is so inconvenient. So many people are uh, suffering, you know, even outside of uh, a virus, but just normal everyday situations. I think he he is understanding. He's prepared to answer my questions. He knows where I'm coming from, and he's not angry to hear me ask questions. In fact, we're getting to know each other better. And so I think that's part of it too I think that he um is sympathetic to our situation um we i you know I can look at times of my life uh ben your your story is really similar to mine, and just mm-hmm. um you know bad diagnosis being sick um and I can look at times of my life where I say where I felt very isolated I felt very alone, and there's a peace that comes about in knowing that God sees me and he knows where I'm at he knows all the things that I'm going through and IV is stuck in you, all these bad things, you're not in that alone. Even when you're looking at family members and they don't know what to tell you because they aren't experiencing it with you, he is and he's been through the worst of that and he knows.
1: Um, Yeah, what a great picture. Total parallels to the story in that the two other people in this story dramatically let Hagar down. Mm. Um, And then God sees her in the desert, the wilderness, and he gives her instructions to go back. We didn't have time to talk about that either. Be like, uh, no, yeah. I'm not going back. We're going to stay right here. I'm going to enjoy you seeing me. He's like, no, no, you got to go back. So, just the, the inability at times of people to see us and the dramatic supernatural ability all the time for God to see us, what, that's a big contrast. Hmm. So, yeah. all right, so let's move on to provider. Like, that was, a, that was a, a difficult one too to try to say, well, if my bank account is at zero because I've been let go from my job. Or I've got one more paycheck. That like that's real pretty to say, but how's that actually going to work out? This is a difficult way to talk about God in a time of scarcity. That God is a provider. So I don't know. I'm interested to get your feedback on that too.
0: Um, it's hard for me to separate these two, just entirely, because I was I was kind of thinking through while Austin and Rachel were answering, like the times where I felt the most seen by God is when he knew exactly what i needed in a situation, you know. Like um,
1: man, what a point. Bring it.
0: Even even like this job within itself, like i remember Ben and i had a long conversation at Kane's way back in the day. I was i was stuck between, you know, my future at Vertical and another opportunity at a a fairly big name uh out in the uh the church world, which is ridiculous within itself but Mm. anyway it was a great opportunity it it really was a, a great opportunity but i just that conversation that i had that day you know i asked ben about it on a whim and suddenly we're talking for an hour at canes and it's just i've had the most clear direction i've had about this over the in a month you know um even even like my marriage now like i was i didn't realize how isolated and in like in a major dip i was before uh, I met my, my wife, uh, but the transformation that happened because of that, you know, it, it, it went hand in hand. And, you know, God knew exactly what I was struggling with, even though I wasn't seeing it. And he knew exactly the timing of like, this dude's about to get married and it's going to fix a lot of this stuff. And I'm going to use this this woman that he used to have nothing to do with back in the day to help reconcile a lot of that stuff. There's just, there's countless things on the list for me that kind of really bring these two together, you know, which is why I wanted to say that, like, the the provider thing is bigger than just the money side of things, you know. Even though mm. it is important, and God's capable, we're not here to say that He's not. But, you know, we, we talked about, I, th- I think it was last week, last week how His purposes are or what we're at, so my stomach is growling. <laughs> Did the mic
3: get that? Yes.
2: That's amazing. It's time for Captain Crunch. Wow. I'm really sorry about that. I know,
0: he's talking about canes, and I'm like, I missed
2: everything yeah. else he said. I, I
0: I ran over a canes cup the other day. I was like, I miss you. RFP. <laughs> but, uh, You RIP. had to at canes. Uh, but anyway, it's just, you know, it's this, the whole provider thing can kind of get shrouded about you know, what our wants and desires are. And God hears those and he honors those, but he honors those through his purpose, you know. His mm-hmm. blessings are to further his glory and stuff like that, not to get super churchy with it. But that's been a big truth for me that has, that's helped me realize exactly how that relationship operates, you know. It keeps me from being disappointed when, you know, when I think this, this prayer, this need that I want is like, it's the thing. Like, God, holy crap, if I had this, this would just transform me, but like if that doesn't come. It keeps me from being like, "What the heck God? You know, not yeah. that I don't have he, the situation he sometimes' no,
1: knows better. This is a big question to ask. do you you feel like that God judges us for having needs?
0: No, He put us here. Like he he knows he built us from the ground up literally literally um, like he knows he knows how we operate that was pretty funny that yeah, was pretty yeah uh, <laughs>
3: yeah and I, I I often think about the needs that he instills in us are for our betterment and so that we can experience him better right I was I was thinking about that Sunday and Caitlin and I were sitting on the couch and we were watching church with our you know, in like a dog pile with our dogs on the couch right and. We were, we, missed, we, missed, right? <laughs> we were talking about how we just missed we miss right. Knee We were talking about how we just miss community. Um and Caitlin was uh my wife. Uh Chase pointed that out last week, but I didn't say who Caitlin was. Yes. She pointed out, um, you know, man, I just I, I miss our church. I love our church. I, I miss our people, I think is what she said. And I realized that nine months ago we didn't know anybody here, and I don't think we knew what kind of isolation we were in? Um, we didn't we didn't know that we were missing community that we have now. But being removed from that, we realized what a need we had in that. And so, it was kind of <coughs> a funny thing. And that Ben was talking about um, the ways that God provides, and He's a God that provides. And and I was looking at people on the screen that we have a relationship with now, and we kind of had a little bit of a just a. Worship in that I did personally, in that man, God, you have provided this community that we didn't know we needed, and they have brought us closer mm-hmm. to who you actually are, you right. know? Um, so,
1: yeah, I think being able to connect these ideas is awesome. I'm glad you pulled that out because I do get the signal that God sees me when he does something for me. And I spent a lot of my life feeling bad for that. Uh, a lot of shame for that because it feels like Christians say, Well, you should be devoted to God and understand these things about God, even if He never did anything for you. Right. I'm like, Well, wait a minute. Um, most of the relationships that I participate in and I value, they I bring value to them. They it's bring value to me. It's, a, you know, the way the Bible talks about it is a covenant relationship. And God's very open with that. He's like, You do this, I'll do that. I do this, you do that. And, in fact, you see stories over and over again rolling out this way. You look at uh, the story of Elijah under the broom tree after he's accomplished this huge victory. Uh, very caring story, I think, for people to dig into right now. I don't have the, the Bible address in my, my head, but um, he's at the end of his rope, and God doesn't show up with a big enthusiastic speech. You know, He shows up and he does something for him, and there's actually instructions to rest. Eat, rest again. Eat, rest again. You're going to need it for the journey ahead. So I think our ability to be able to link together and to be comfortable with looking for God in provision as a confirmation that he's the God who sees us, it's a very wise way to go about the next couple of days at least.
0: Austin. Hey, Chase. (laughs) Ask us anything.
3: Ask us anything. We got another question in this week, and... It's a doozy. Are you ready for it, Ben? A doozy.
0: It's a gum doozy. <laughs> it's a, humdinger of a doozy. I don't say gum. It's dead gum. Dead. I'm not the d- Arkansas. D e a d gum. Yeah, dead. It's a gum tree. A dead I gum. Dadgum. I think it's dad gum. I think it's dad gum. Like I think it's dead gum.
2: Like your dad gum.
0: I think it's dead gum. I, think I, think I, think Which I say?
2: Dad. But Surely got
1: our daddy listeners will said. solve this. <laughs> Good grief.
2: Okay, if we you, got a question. Well, hold on.
0: We should plug how you can ask us questions. If you want to ask us a, ask us oof that's like I was about to wrap. ask <laughs> us that. a question plus at livevertical.tv you can email us there by us I mean me
1: yeah or actually if you just want to reach out anything yeah sorry. if you want to dm somebody we yeah. just
3: got text the last 2 weeks if you want to feel oh, yeah, connected
1: so all right what's the question
3: okay the question i got um this week was does the vertical team um I'm assuming staff team, does the vertical team handle disagreements? How do they do so? So do we do handle disagreements. We do handle them, for sure. (laughs) Um, But we actually have a system kind of in place for how we bring disagreements to the table, would you say? Ben's actually kind of created a system for that recently in the last few months, and it's been pretty good. So how about you take that
1: on to start? Yeah, I'll, I'll do it briefly. I mean, there's nothing new, right? Every good idea is a borrowed idea. What we realized as a staff, though, is that we were not disagreeing well, so we had to figure out how to disagree well. The The main problem that we had was sidebar, uh, which everybody understands, but we had disagreements and we were trying to solve them based on our existing relationships within the staff. Some are stronger, some are weaker. That's how every group operates. So we decided that the table, uh, the staff table, would be the place where our disagreements would occur very publicly with high candor. What's the table? What's the table? (laughs) Sorry. Oh my gosh. (laughs) We would have uh, a couple of key things that we use here. High candor feedback. We've got some processes in place that help us do this well. Everybody knows when that tension enters the room, when a disagreement is happening. And we use that as a trigger to put all these systems in place. It's a combination of the culture code with Daniel Coyle and... I just Brene lost Brown. the name. Brene Dare Lee. Lee. Yeah, Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. i read so much of her stuff. Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. We just put some processes in place. The main thing that drives all of our disagreements, though, is that clear is kind. That's a uh, word from Brene Brown, that clear is kind. So we have established as a staff, if we're disagreeing with each other, because we have a founded opinion, if we're disagreeing with each other, then we're being kind with each other, and everybody has value. That's from from culture code. So the, the way that we handle disagreements now is very public, very public.
3: Yeah, and there's a system in the – and I actually really like this. When we're all at the table, which we do weekly, we're going through uh, recent events. We're going through – It's we all know where we're going. Nobody's blindsided. And so when we go into it, we call it a rumble. right? Yeah. We're, we're going into a rumble, and what Ben will typically do is say, okay, before we jump into this – go ahead and take some time by yourself to give yourself permission to do certain things in this. So for me, uh, chase has called it out recently. I'm fairly confrontational. And so what that means for me is maybe I have to give myself permission to not talk, 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 but listen to other people's perspectives before I try and fix a problem. You know, I, I am very, I want to fix a problem. I want to get it done, but that is not necessarily what the team needs. So, I would give myself permission to do that, as would everybody else. Maybe somebody who is more passive is giving their self-permission to speak up or giving their self permission to think through the issue at hand, uh, you know, longer than we have in a five-minute span. Whatever that is, then we would come back in with these permission slips, tell each other what those are, and then actually take on the problem, kind of knowing where everybody is.
1: Does yeah. that make sense? Absolutely. Hearing it described, you know, you have these— Terms that you put on things, and it can feel a little hokey in the beginning. We actually struggled through that. Like, are we really going to pull pirate out pirate post- meetings? Yeah, yeah. Woohoo. yeah pirate, there's a long backstory to pirate meetings. <laughs> Look it <but> up. Yeah, <laughs> you pirate can't. Me- we that's named what it. we do after we do after we have an event or something where people are in our building. We immediately afterwards get together and talk about everything that we saw that needs to be improved, uh, regardless of how it's going to impact somebody's feelings, because we've exercised trust with each other. And we're not gonna stew on that. We're just gonna try to learn from it and get back together in a few days and talk about it. Uh, we just had to put systems. Here's my thing when it comes to conflict you have a system, it's probably just designed out of your lack of health and your insecurity. So we have replaced a system with a healthy system that is dependent upon trust and honesty. And we've put that in place in a lot of different ways. Uh, and, and in fact, this is a great place for our guest, our special guest to talk about this special. because she is the one Very who special. literally lights the stick of dynamite and throws it in the middle of the <laughs> in the middle of the table. Well, I I thought we weren't gonna call that out of
2: her but, but then ben ben said, Derek Woo-hoo! just did that. And there she, she has she has
0: a look when she does it too.
3: Everybody gets quiet and she scans the room, and she goes well, I guess I'll be the one to say. Well, to be
2: fair, I'm one of those that tries to sit back and listen to everything, and I'm like, all right, Yo. somebody's got to call it, so I guess it's going to be me. And yeah. if it's not me, it's going to be you, Austin. I feel like that's how it typically works. Typically, goes. we're looking at and then Ben kind of just each sits, sits like this, at the like, back of the table, and he's like, ooh, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what's going to happen? And then Chase stares at me the whole time, like, are you finished? Is that it? Are you going to say more? Yeah. But as much as I don't like conflict, I have to like it when I care about it. If I care about the situation enough. So I I do appreciate so much the healthy, I guess, restraints that we've put on it, but also the freedom to just share what you're feeling in the face of everybody so that there isn't the sidebar conversations happening or mm-hmm. the favoritism or whatever anybody wants to call it. We just call it what it is, call it out. There, there may be feelings hurt in the midst of it, but it's always because we're, our favorite quote, attacking the problem, not the person. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so just finding the healthy ground in that. Um, has been really helpful to me because for a while I got to an unhealthy place of just thinking stuff and not being able to say it because I was scared to hurt people's feelings and I didn't want to have that tension in the room. But then I would go back to my office and be like, well, why did they say that? Well, why did they do that? And it would just be the committee in your head that I won't share on the podcast. We all know what I'm talking about. (laughs) That's right, the itty-bitty committee. If you don't message me, I'll be glad to share it with
1: you.
2: (laughs) Um, But, yeah, just being able to get it out there and have everybody's feedback come in because the way I'm looking at something may not be the way that everybody else around the table is, and that would make me feel a lot better to know, one, I'm not crazy if I'm feeling a certain way, or two, to make me feel better about how I'm feeling so that we can work on it together as a team. It's been super helpful and Honestly, I feel like our team's at such a healthy yeah. spot. Well, we've that.
0: also done the work to understand each other on a personality level as well. Like the way I'm going to interpret something mm. is vastly different than how Austin or Reshma Ben Megan whoever right. is going to understand it. You know, and like that that can that stems or a lot of the confrontation or the lot of hurt feelings stem from a lack of understanding. Of uh, how other people are understanding things, right? right. Knowing you know knowing
3: how we each communicate, and I think also, Rashmi, you brought up a really good point in that I think the team is operate, are able to operate at a high level, and and I, I mean, we say that pretty properly. I think we do, um, but I think it comes out of a place of knowing that person is really good at their job, and right. I'm assuming that they are coming out of this wanting what is best for. Vertical Church and our efforts, right? And so knowing that, we're able to say, look, they may have a different opinion than me or they may be communicating this differently, but I know that they're great at their job and they want the best answer to come out of this. Right.
1: That's it, yeah. And and if more people listening have a curiosity about how to handle conflict, I don't know that there's a better resource out there right now than Dare to Lead. I would throw Daniel Cole in there as well, but there's a lot of organizational stuff. But if, if you want to break it down to some stuff that people can try... That we've tried that's worked for us I think it comes down to two things you've got to have some ground rules before you begin Mm. that's really really important whatever those ground rules are like if you're talking about in your marriage you say okay these are the ground rules before we get started no one's going to yell I'm not going to take an aggressive posture Um, my wife always tells me your eyebrows are going up you know it's (laughs) like I'm getting a signal here that you're really angry so I have, to, I have to watch that. But so the ground rules are important, and then you have to do the most difficult thing, and that's to validate. You have to validate before the conflict occurs. So if you're a leader of a team and you're wondering how to bring your, your team into conflict, especially in, this, in the day and age that we're living in now with the virus, you have to be able to say every person here on this team is valuable. No matter how this discussion goes, you will have a place here, and I'm thankful that you're here working. That's you have no idea how far that will go because everybody as conflict increases starts to wonder when when's this gonna when am mm-hmm. I gonna be the next person to go? It's just mm-hmm. a fear that everyone has. So I think you get those two things right and then you um well, you, Amazon won't deliver it. What's Prime on like a three week now? They've gone from two days to three weeks. It's egregious. Yeah, but you get it get a Kindle and download this book Dare to Lead. It'll just teach you a lot self awareness and also how to get into these high candor feedback situations without getting your feelings hurt and how to get better.
3: She's got a great TED talk on it too, which, I mean, she's just a boss. I mean, she does so much good stuff. Goals. Mm. Brene Brown.
0: Hey, Ben. Hey, Chase. I want to recommend something to you. Hey, we have a segment for that. (laughs) Thank goodness! Everybody, welcome Ooh. to the Recommends. Wow. Hey,
2: at Austin, we can do this.
0: Yeah, we're also here.
1: Thanks. Yeah. By yes. the way, I, it was pointed out to me uh, our first episode that we said thanks to Janice. I don't know that I clarified who Janice is. You didn't Jan- at all. Janice is my mother-in-law, oh. so we have shared many Christmases in the days of yore together. Days of yore to lead to this segment. Days wow. Of yore. So I, you know, every every week I'm going to say thanks, Janice, and I really mean it. Thank you, Janice. Yeah. So, anyway, continue with your segment.
0: (laughs) All right. Here's the lay of the... Here's the rub, Roberts. I'm
2: really not appreciative (laughs) of all of these things. I'm just going to up
0: the cringe factor in this segment. (laughs) (laughs) You gave me the producer role. This is what I'm producing. (laughs) All right. So, what Janice has told us we're allowed to recommend to people is your want, your need, your wear, your read. What this means is the four of us can utilize these four options. We can recommend things that we have, things that we think you might would want, things that we think you would probably need, things that you should probably wear, or things that you should be interested in reading.
3: And we're confining this to quarantine, like as we're all quarantined? Sure. It's, the it's understood
0: as, qua- as quarantine unless you qualify saying when quarantine is over. Or
3: unless you're a jerk and you're not social distancing. Yeah, yeah if you're you one should, of those guys. Yeah. Freaking
1: uh, which brings jerks. to light what I said last week about the beard trim. That's just what I wanted. I don't, you know. Yeah, you did it wrong. I did it wrong. <laughs> so we're correcting that. Yeah. I've I'm sure, trimmed sure my beard. Good. Okay, congratulations. Yeah, inner oh applause. She clapped for himself. Okay, who's for everybody first? that didn't see that, he clapped for himself. Uh, how are we doing this? I
0: think Austin should go first.
3: Oh man. Okay. Well, I have decided not to uh recommend a book this week because y'all made fun of me. That's only that's, I did. I actually <laughs> have a we're book. not gonna
1: stop making fun of you. I <laughs>
3: actually have a book, but I'll save it. So what do I want this week? Um I really want. I, I'm trying to think.
0: No, you, you are you about to do it wrong? Yeah. No, I'm going to recommend.
2: This isn't about you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there it is. Conflict <laughs> threw it in the table.
1: <laughs> All right, we're ending a rumble. Yeah, here we go. Let's. Uh, I let's give myself write. permission. To I skip give myself this rumble. permission
3: to do this correctly. Yay! Yes. <laughs> um, I'm gonna do it in an order that I actually know. What do I recommend? We'll go with a book. Um, I've started reading a book this week by Ezra Klein. Uh, he's a co-founder for Vox. He used to be a um, blogger for the Wall Street Journal, but the book that I'm reading by him right now is called Why We're Polarized. Um, super good. It's kind of, I, I would recommend that you read it before we, we're probably not going to get to vote for like, I don't know, 14 months. But before we do that, I think it's, it's wise um, just to look at the news outlets that you're listening to, why both sides are so polarized, who we're actually listening to. And so it goes into how the two parties were split um, why the Democratic Party used to be heavily made up of Southerners and now it's not and they've shifted to a more conservative point of view. It's really, really good. Um, Talks a lot about social media and how they are censoring things now. Um, I'm a total conspiracy theorist if you haven't caught on to that yet. So, really good. Ezra Klein's Um, Why We're Polarized. Pause, well, pause.
1: How is this guy friends with us? He's yeah. so, like, I don't know the world, like the intellect and the the things that interest you. It's crazy.
3: You say that now. We're gonna hang this uh podcast up. Do you hang up a podcast? No. We're gonna hang this <laughs> we're gonna hang this podcast up like freaking nerd. Uh, Never mind. (laughs) Let's keep it going. You're doing great, sweetie. Recommend. What should we wear? Uh, I don't actually have anything for this, so I recommend you wear a smile because it's positive. Oh, Oh my gosh. He went with it. He did it. It's good stuff. Uh, What do you need? If you... I recommend that you need Tiger King in your life. If you oh have not God. watched Netflix. Every day this guy's asking me. I've been <laughs> texting everybody on staff. Have Okay, you watched does Tiger an animal King? die?
2: I need to know that before I watch it.
3: I'm not spoiling anything. Just not tell me anything. if an animal dies. I think a person dies. Oh, I can handle
2: that. Part I can't of handle my soul dies.
3: will die if you don't all watch this show. It's the best thing that's happened in quarantine, and I've already watched it a second time.
1: Where do we find it? On the Netflix? It's on the Netflix. On the the Netflix, Netflix. Yeah. On the I will Netflix.
3: give you my account information if you don't have it. <laughs> podcast (laughs) that's illegal it's so
2: he didn't mean
1: that illegal
3: this guy joe exotic is by far the most interesting person i've already started like working at a script for us to make joe exotic part of a series for 2021 for us to teach from stage it's so good uh and what do i want recommends for want. um I I think I should recommend that everybody that is filmed for vertical while we're in quarantine is wearing shorts because Ben's freaking quads.
2: <laughs> Quadzilla. <laughs> quads of the gods.
3: <laughs> I mean, him teaching in shorts was a bold move, but I, I like it. So I'm going to move it on. How about Reshma? You got some recommends? Oh, you are you the
0: that. producer? Excuse wow, me. he oh, really she's just in. took yeah. that. Uh, from ben me. was next because he went
1: last last week. Oh, okay, yeah.
3: Chase. Go ahead, Ben. This is Chase, your. Uh, right.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. the, the one best for last.
1: Okay, we're gonna. That's I'm gonna right. try, I'm going to try to do this right. I'm also going to throw what might be a Jesus juke in here. Mm. So, forgive me if this sounds very churchy. Why are you you I recommend so you wear the you need glasses. Are you... No, I had eye surgery and it Did requires mark? that I hold things further away. It's like on purpose. <laughs> it sounds like bad eyes. That's a totally to different eyes. podcast. Did you get it in a back alley? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, hold still. Um. <sighs> Okay, so the, the wear, this is going to be, and I'm, I'm beating Rushman to the punch here. I, I'm going to recommend that you wear Birkin Crocs because they are amazing.
2: <laughs> they are the best.
1: I'm telling you, like. I'm if, so
2: glad that everybody's on board with this. If Can't
1: all Crocs be Birkin Crocs? I'm not on board
2: with No. That. Have no. you seen actual Crocs? N- no, they look great. But they you have can holes put, in them. Yeah. You have a pair. They're breathable.
0: I no, I used to.
1: <gasps> that don't anymore. They smelled bad. Gosh. Well, well Birkenstocks will not he smell back. Throw away. So I, I'm a Chaco person because I grew up in Northeast Jackson and it's an unfortunate side effect. I'm a
2: Chaco person uh, and I was okay, living in a van. so yeah. In
1: India. <laughs> I just wear them better than you because I'm from Northeast Jackson. Oh, but uh, okay. that's how that works. <laughs> but I've transferred over to Crocs, especially in the quarantine because they're such an easy on, easy off. You
2: can wear socks with them.
1: Yeah, you can wear socks with them and they feel oddly like... You're doing something good for yourself because surely germs can't stick to that. I know it isn't true, but it feels <laughs> yeah. that way. I would argue that. <laughs> yeah, it definitely feels that way. I don't often wear them in socks. I'll tell you what I do is take them off my children's feet and beat them with them because out of the 99 pairs of shoes they have at the door, they're in my Birkin Crocs. So, but anyway, I'm going to recommend those. I'm sure they're a pretty easy find. That's anyway. impressive
3: because Owen, like, if I was going to ask somebody about, shoes or sneakers, it would probably be Owen. So the fact that he's in your uh, old man Birkin Crocs.
1: Well, no, he'd never admit it. He, I'm saying he he puts them on to like take the trash out. Mm-hmm. I'm like, come on, kid. You know, I don't know. I'm regretting this parent thing all around right now. But <laughs> so the Birkin Crocs, that's where I am. The the need and read, okay. I'm just telling you what I'm jumping into right now. These guys are becoming two of my favorite people on planet Earth. The guys at the Bible project Incredible! They Just are, the way they that they really produce good. stuff, the, how creative they are. What's I mean, the
0: nerdy sounding one's name? The uh, one that's the narrator?
1: Tim. Tim. That dude's so smart. Is that the
3: Tim we were talking about earlier? Uh,
0: no, no. Def- I Def- wish Def- that Tim weren't <laughs> here. I would trade our
1: Tim for that Tim. Uh, man. Oh, man.
3: So sad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, this Tim is, I, I would make a proposal that he's probably the smartest biblical scholar alive right now. Hmm. People mistake that because they're releasing cartoons, basically. But this guy's knowledge, and I, I'm saying this because they've released like this whole classroom setting. Mm-hmm. They're so innovative, and you can tell that. I think his name's Tim, right? Yeah, Tim. Yeah, yeah. He is sitting on so much biblical knowledge right now. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah, mm-hmm. and
3: you see people kind of try and undermine it because it. Seems a little juvenile with the cartoons and stuff, but that guy is. They just don't get it. Oh, that guy's so like, come
1: at me, bro. Why are people
2: hating on the cartoons? That's what gets to me. Come at me, yeah,
1: bro. That's the best He's, part of the whole project. Yeah, so I'm, gonna, I'm going to recommend that because you can go back and forth and be like, oh, my gosh, I'm tired of reading and studying and whatever. Let me just watch something. And that's that's produced really, really well. So, in fact, I'm currently trying to figure out how to incorporate those guys into what we do here on a regular basis. Crazy good.
0: Hey, ultra behind the scenes. Way to go.
1: Yeah. You're
0: did I do that right? Yeah, I think so. You didn't do all four, did you? Can I, clap we I think he combined,
2: combined it to act yeah. like he did both, but he didn't. Oh, uh, yeah.
1: that's fine. I did, I did the two. I, what I left out was the want, you know, because all I want is Jesus.
2: Oh, my god.
1: You're welcome. Gosh. All right, Rester, I want to go
0: so we can fast forward past, so past Ben and you can be can last. Be done. Okay, perfect. All right, so I don't have all four. Rarely will I have a read for you guys. because <laughs> I'll just be behind Ben and Austin on whatever they're Taking in. So I said last week, and Austin blew through it this week, but wants include your entertainment. So sticking with the formula that the producer set on the first episode, Sorry, also guys. known as precedent, uh, I'm recommending that you watch a Netflix series or show called uh, Dirty Money. Now granted, I've only watched one episode. And it's the very first episode. Only you (laughs) would
1: have the guts
0: to recommend. Please let us
2: know how that goes by next week. The
0: thing is, (laughs) I'm not going to tell you anything about this first episode. Are there tigers? No, it has nothing to do with anything. Awesome tiger. He (laughs) (laughs) he does have. He's kind of more of a lion. He's got a mane. Um, He's orange. He is. Okay, you're kind of spoiling it. Sorry. The first episode is about someone (laughs) shocking, and it's it's nuts. And I don't care where you lean as far as what you think about the world. It's worth watching because it's nuts. Cool, great. I'm sold. (laughs) Wear what you need to wear. Assuming that I almost said amplify (laughs) (laughs) our student ministry. (laughs) 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 Assuming, (laughs) assuming Amazon gets their act together with this Prime thing. Although they, they they ship you stuff no matter what. If you during this quarantine haven't tried out joggers yet, I'm telling you, it's the future, it's the way, it's the truth. Joggers are (laughs) slightly heretical.
1: (laughs) It's the truth of pants. He almost sold me on these about a year and a half ago. Yeah. I was taking a trip and you're like, you have to try joggers on this trip. And I almost bought a pair. And then he didn't. And then I just feel like I'm the kind of guy it's the same way you feel about Iron Rangers. It's the way I feel about it's joggers. It's like you're trying too hard. Yeah, I'm like, uh No,
0: I don't feel like I'm trying too hard in Iron Rangers. I just don't think I had the physique
1: to make them look like okay, they're supposed to same, look. same, What is same. an Iron Ranger? Uh, it's a boot uh, Red Wings oh, okay, boots. Gotcha. Red wing boots. Yeah. They're I awesome. feel like if I wear joggers, they they have kind of the elastic, although it's more disguised on the bottom. I, I don't know. I'll just feel like I'm at fat camp. Can I be just square about that? <laughs> like, hey, I, I can't fit him right now. Only if you get
2: that Heather Gray. <laughs> is that like a bad memory? Where <laughs> yeah.
1: is that? That's, that's very <laughs> acute. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. It's we, an acute emotion. We don't have time for that story. If
3: anybody can champion joggers, it's definitely Chase because I've probably known him for 200 days of my life now and uh, maybe, maybe 250. More. More. It's been over a year. I've never seen you not in joggers,
0: I don't think.
2: And when he wears jeans, it's the weirdest thing. You're like, what's happening People today? get asked Where if, if I'm interviewing
0: going? somewhere yeah. else, besides vertical, <laughs> if, if I put on the one,
2: Okay, <laughs> but the one
3: time I've seen you in
0: jeans, you also had on a button-down shirt, and yeah. we are like, Chase is gone. We, we have did. no digital content. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have no digital content. Yeah. That's all I had. I just had two. My hat's off to you, sir. Good stuff. Thank you.
2: Well, you didn't wear a hat today. Is I it haven't... Rushma's
3: turn? Can she go now? Yeah. yeah.
2: Wow. Here I am, special guest. I didn't pass the baton. Reminding that to everybody. What?
0: I didn't pass the baton. There it is. Nice catch. She did not catch the baton.
2: Actually. (laughs) All right, go. Well, I don't have the joggers, and Benjamin Derrick stole my wear of the Crocs.
0: I knew it. Nice.
2: But you guys can't wear leggings. And so for the ladies, who says... (laughs) Please God, don't wear leggings. <laughs> yeah. Stick to the joggers if you're going. Tune <laughs> in Sunday
3: for uh, church and see if I'm in leggings. You
2: know, the first like week of this quarantine, I tried to be ambitious. I'm not going to lie to you and like dress up, dress up to like yeah, make my mind over that think real that fast. I'm. But honestly, I don't really dress up anyways, so I don't know where that came from. Yeah, my mind was like, you don't do this. That's so probably why you were sad. You yeah. Why am so I wearing these clothes? Now that I'm in <laughs> leggings and a t-shirt, it's the best thing. So yeah, leggings are are my go-to. Guys, please don't do that. If you do, put shorts over it. Cause- From
3: Lululemon. No, no, no! Don't even do that. The All guys right, that I wear the shorts over happen. the leggings, I can't handle. But
2: yes, them. I do love the Lulu, and it is worth the money. The
3: Lulu,
0: the, the Lulu, Lulu. The, Lulu. <laughs> the Lulu. That sounds like the- that sounds like their ad. Welcome to. No, it's
2: sounds. I sound, better get some royalties for this. It sounds
0: like the next stage of the
3: Rona. <laughs> oh my gosh, we <laughs> got the Rona? the Rona. No, I have the Lulu. whatever. <laughs> I knew
2: I would get hated on for that. Anybody listening that wears it knows that it's. They literally have a brand that's called Butter, and uh, like it uh, feels uh, like butter on your skin. Oh, oh, oh. I hate that. yuck. All right, You're we're gonna move past in that in because <throat> I knew I was gonna get judged again. Butter. Let's go into something else. Um, okay, a read. Mine isn't as. Conspiracy driven as Austin's, though I am also a fellow conspiracy. It's
3: not a conspiracy. The media I, I do is love polarized. conspiracy
2: theories. I love to read about them. I just can't think about it too long. So, this one is something I recommend to a lot of people a lot of times, but now that I, this is public, um, my, one of my favorite books is It's Not Supposed to Be This Way. And I read it probably like every three months because I can fly through it because it's that interesting. Um, and it's by Lisa Turkhurst. And she is just talking about, um, infidelity in her marriage, um, cancer. She's talking about just all the things in life that get thrown at you. And I think what better time right now than to read a book like that, just talking about being able to, she calls it bringing it to the well, going to the well, so bringing all of your worries. Um, And just like she brings out scripture a lot of times that you can um, basically apply to your everyday life. And it's a huge book for me. I recommend it to literally girls that are in my Amplify small group, to women that I meet with that are way above my pay grade, but God still trusts me with them somehow. So I always recommend that, but it's not just to women. It's also to men, and I wish I could say that a little bit louder because it it truly hits a different way. For so every like season. your
0: leggings. Okay. You're recommending this for both genders. No, oh,
2: unlike the leggings oh, <laughs> for both genders. Um, Let's see. A need, I, I think I'm struggling on the need and the want. A need for me right now is a project. Like, I've had to wrap my mind around a project. Don't do
0: this thing wrong. Yeah, I'm not. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying... She's recommending
2: recommend someone a oh gosh, adopt a project. Yeah. I would like for other people to pick up projects that maybe they put aside. What if that they I'm used my own do.
1: project, you are a project?
2: Oh, my gosh. My Most wife, people would agree with that, Austin. Yeah. <laughs> but just finding a project that maybe it is around the house that you've been putting it off and... Um, you know you've been too busy things like that painting just different things um i think is a big need and then a want for me right now and i feel like everybody would agree with this
1: mm. more captain crunch
2: well 100% Ooh, more a captain child. crunch I would just bought my second child. family size <laughs> Food, like getting creative in the kitchen i know that's weird but like i've always wanted to be better in the kitchen and i feel like that's a lot of people i see at all like throughout social media people are just finding different recipes and like oh. wanting to be better that's something that they didn't have time to be better at, if that makes sense. I
3: thought you were recommending <laughs> get creative, like eat that thing that's in the back of your
0: pantry that you've been afraid of.
3: You That'd know, I'm funny. not afraid of food.
2: Yeah. I'll eat it all. Brown chicken. So you're
0: recommending <laughs> that people should get creative with their dishes. Advance their culinary skills. Yes. Yeah. Nice. I like that. I like
3: that's that.
0: what we've been doing. In I've gotten real ways. good at stir that's fry. That's
3: true. I saw some bell stuffed bell peppers that Chase did last. Oh, night. No, they Rachel! Look so Rachel good. did them. My oh, wife. Did wait, did yeah.
2: were those in a in a that's air fryer wife. by chance?
1: No, we did those in the oven. Dang, they look phenomenal. I tell you what, I've been uh, craving lately is chocolate chip cookies that your wife makes. They um, are bomb. at Rachel. They're, They're great, so incredibly good. delicious.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe that's how we'll celebrate coming out of quarantine. <laughs> Please, can we can we do it sooner than that? I don't know. Ugh. All right, how do we end these? I forget. I don't remember, so why don't we do it like this?